1: Hey everybody, it's uh, very good to be with you, and it's not arrogant for me to say that for most of you, it's reciprocal, because I, I know it, the, a, a regular voice in a difficult time is a reassuring thing that life goes on, and it does. But uh, I don't uh, ever sugarcoat the effects of the the pandemic. You know, there is one fighter in the Senate, Ted Cruz. He, he, it's, we had him on for an hour. He came into the studio from uh, either Washington or Houston where he lives. So he uh, he wants people to be able to sue authorities for not protecting them. Uh, in in the during the riots this we have not seen in the past and in portland it continues now over 50 days i feel that the average voter in portland is has a different heart and a different mind and a different conscience and a different faculty of reason from me. I'm not saying theirs may be superior. But there's no question that we have nothing in common. That's why this notion of whiteness or blackness is idiotic. Do I have, I am white, and the average voter, I assume, in Portland is white? Is that is that fair to say? We have nothing in common. Do you understand? Nothing. To say that we have white skin in common is to say something of no significance. Larry Elder is black, grew up in South Central L.A., and we have everything in common. <laughs> My latest column, right, is the dehumanization of blacks. Yes, the left's dehumanization of blacks. They're not people, they're a color. This is what the left's message is. Do you know why the left says all whites are racist? Because they're racist and they assume that everybody else is. There's no other possible explanation for that moronic comment. And people have fallen for it. I guess if you hear two and two is five enough, two and two is five. And I mean that, I'm not kidding. Rutgers University has announced, the English department at Rutgers University has announced that it will no longer insist on rules of grammar because uh, it's racist I told you everything the left touches it destroys the english language is next things you couldn't you thought you would never think would be destroyed would be destroyed so for example i'm just asking i would like to ask this english department this is the english department Are you with me if someone writes in a paper uh I is going to the uh, to the grocery store today. Do you correct it? How about this? Do you correct it if it's a white but you don't correct it? I I'm just guessing. I mean, is that part of what was once called the black English? I is is that is that correct? I don't want to I don't want to make up uh, some a form of speech that isn't accurate. But let's say that was an example. Would that be marked differently for a black student or a white student? I'm very torn about uh, schools opening. I'm not torn at all about colleges reopening. I hope colleges stay closed for the next 10 years be there would be a, a true benefit to society in many ways in some ways not because of stem science technology engineering and math but otherwise i mean i read to you the the richest county in the country Loudoun county virginia near washington dc is going to teach social justice and slavery to kindergartners. Though the next generation, well, it's already happened with this, they, there are no heroes. Do you understand? They are They are proud of nothing. The country that has done so much good in the world, will they be taught Islamic slavery? No. Will they be taught African slavery? No. Will they be taught Native American slavery? No. Will they be taught South American slavery? No. They'll be taught American slavery. Because the purpose is to have them loathe this country. Sick. It's sick. It's psychologically and morally sick. There was a professor. What was the article you sent? There was a professor who, who spoke about violence in Islam. And was he, was he fired? Were you the one who sent it to me or did I pick it up on my own? Tough to know. We both do so much reading. Talking about reading, I actually got a subject for the male-female hour from an article uh, in the Daily Mail. Find it, you'll find it uh, very uh, interesting. Be a nice change from the current crisis or crises. So I want I want to be open with you as I always am. Yesterday, about a thousand Americans died, according to World Ometer. Did you see that? So that, that's, that's a substantial number because I always multiply whatever number per day by 365. What would that mean on, a, on an annual basis? So that would be about 365,000 deaths. That's a serious number. There's no way around that. I had said at the beginning, I just threw out a number. said, so do not do a lockdown. So people would say, okay, well, what number of deaths are you prepared to accept? not obviously not emotionally but realistically if you are not going to lock down, I said about 200,000 so 365 is almost double that that's a lot so I I have a number of questions about the number but because I have already admitted to you that is a substantial number number one are we getting accurate numbers and i'll will tell you exactly what i mean by that if somebody uh, is 90 years old which uh, and the median age has been close to 90 it's been 80 something i believe if uh, if somebody's 90 and they have all sorts of of already pre-existing conditions and they They die of pneumonia, but they were tested positive for COVID. Did they die of the COVID, which brought on pneumonia, or did they die of pneumonia while having COVID? It's not the same thing. Hospitals apparently have an interest. Well, as soon as people have an interest in in A then you assume that interest plays a role that is that is the way humans unfortunately function so i would like to know if that number is accurate number 2 i would like to know like every place else what are the ages and circumstances of of the comorbidity issues of these people number 3 i'd like to know how many of them were given hydro, uh, hydroxychloroquine and zinc in the first days of their illness. The answer is probably close to zero. There was an article about India. They, they're, they're, there's, it's a puzzle. I think it was Washington Post. How come there are relatively few deaths in, in India? The article did not mention, I don't believe, did you read the entire article? What I saw, it did not mention that there's widespread use of hydroxychloroquine, I think, and zinc uh, in uh, India. I mean, that's, to me, it would be elementary. Why would a doctor not prescribe that in the first five days? What do you have to lose? We'll be back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. President Trump has a huge announcement for his top supporters. You will be celebrating the 2020 Republican National Convention this summer, and he wants you to enter for your chance to join him at the convention. If you win, the team will cover the flight, hotel, and give you VIP passes for yourself and a guest. All you have to do is text Prager to 88022 for your chance to meet President Trump at the convention. Again, that's P-R-A-G-E-R to 88022 to enter to win this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be his special guest. Paid for by Donald J. Trump for President Incorporated. Okay, y'all. Regarding the last point I made, I'm Dennis Prager. Thank you. Yale Epidemiology Professor Dr. Harvey Risch said Tuesday, that's yesterday, that he believes the President Trump touted drug hydroxychloroquine could save up to 100,000 lives if used properly to treat the coronavirus. Speaking with Fox News' Laura Ingram, Monday night. Risch insisted that the controversial drug is proven to be effective against the disease and safe for people to use, but lamented that it has become the victim of a, quote, propaganda war. It's a political drug now, not a medical drug, Risch said. I think we are basically fighting a propaganda war against the medical facts. And that colors not just population people, does that mean not just population people? Huh. Must be a typo. How they think about it, but doctors as well. There are many doctors that I've gotten hostile remarks from. I know, no kidding. The doctors have called this show. Some of the doctors obviously have called this show, saying that all the evidence is bad for it. And in fact, that is not true at all. All the evidence is actually good for it when it's used in outpatient uses. Remember what I told you, the first five days. If you give it much later, it's useless. All in all, Rich asserted, 75,000 to 100,000 lives would be saved if the drug was used widely and perhaps as a prophylactic which is how I take it, my dear listeners, meaning in a preventative manner. Rich, who was a researcher at the Yale School of Public Health, published a study into the efficacy of hydroxychloroquine in early June and concluded the drug should be made, quote, widely available. At the time, he said that the drug, in combination with azithromycin or doxycycline, and probably with zinc, could serve as a game-changer in the fight against the pandemic. Now, let me ask you, my dear listeners, if it does come out later, and I believe it will, that it could have been a game-changer, how will you react toward the medical establishment? Will you feel that it has been poisoned just as everything else has been by the left? I read to you last week how the sciences are being compromised by left-wing advocacy. And the example, it was written by Lawrence Krauss, an astronomer that I had on this program. We differed entirely entirely but he I give him credit he's gutsy and courage is a big deal the issue that I I had him on for an entire hour on the ultimate issues hour you can get a lot of education listening to this show that's why I recommend to you PragerTopia. you can get the show anytime you want without commercials at PragerTopia.com and you can get everything including every lecture and every course I've given and shows back for 10 years uh, at the Unlimited it's all at PragerTopia.com you agree my, my dear friend and producer colleague spouse that's how my wife refers to you too so what did your other spouse say I mean, it, it, you know, it w- it wasn't done in a the ceremony. Uh, there were no clergy present, but it's you're de facto not the jury spouse. One a Prager seven seven six, and uh, Michael in Colorado Springs. Hi there. Hello.
2: Can
0: you
1: hear me? I certainly can.
0: Oh, good. Um, I just want to know. I I don't think you were very clear in your last segment. Are you saying that the the, the numbers on Worldometer are not accurate?
1: No, that's why I you use, use it. use the numbers I, no, on, I, no, world, on Worldometer. Yes, oh, are well, they I, accurate? Well, yes. That's why I. T- why do you think I quote, quote them almost every day? I did. It's not Worldometer that's the issue. It's the reporting. Worldometer. I. Believe, then you think the numbers
0: are not accurate?
1: No, I asked a question whether they are, but it's not Worldometer's fault. Worldometer gets gets numbers from countries. I don't know if so every I don't hospital. Care ha- fault ha- it is. Well, I do. Okay, so we have a different okay. question of whose fault. I, you're I, I you're insinuating that accurate. I think that. I, I don't know, but I do cite them as if they are.
0: Do you have any reason to doubt that they're accurate?
1: If you listen to me, you heard. I think that. Uh, many doctors are, m- doctors, I don't, I don't know this, I know this from doctors, there are many articles about this, that there is a, a willingness to cite that COVID was the killer when in fact it was something else and the person happened to be positive for COVID. Does that not make sense to you? Do you think that that never happens?
0: I don't think it happens, no. Um Okay. You seem to say that, I think you said, that hospitals have an incentive to inflate the COVID numbers.
1: Yes, that's right. Because do you
0: have an incentive to deflate them?
1: Yes, I do.
0: So should we trust you?
1: Yes, because I do not let incentives...
0: But we not trust the hospital.
1: That's right. I think, I think that I have proven over 35 years that I'm honest. Uh, I don't know if the medical establishment has proven over 35 years how honest it is when uh, when the, the biggest uh, journals of medicine have retracted their hydroxychloroquine studies as incompetent. I don't recall having to retract anything I've said in 35 years like Lancet had to. So just to be clear, because you like clarity, the... Hospitals have an incentive, and so
0: we should not trust them. No, we I didn't say. Incentive. I didn't say we should
1: trust That, you, that is correct. Right? That is that is what I am saying. That's right. But I I have proven my honesty over a, a longer period, especially in the recent past, because of what has happened in the in medicine and in the arts, etc. We'll be back. You're listening to the Dennis Prager Show. The Dennis Prager Show. I want to make uh, something clear, and then go to my guest, uh, a doctor on this issue uh, from FlattenTheFear.com. He, the last caller asked me if I had an incentive uh, to hold that the numbers are lower, the numbers of death, and I said yes. And he said, "How do the hospitals?" And I said yes. So he asked why should i trust you who has an incentive any more than they well aside from the the retractions that i mentioned the medical establishment on this issue and my 35 years of never having to retract something there's an, a bigger reason hospitals have a financial incentive to lie about covid i have no financial incentive whatsoever. I have an ideological incentive. And my incentive, to be totally clear, is the fewer deaths, the sooner we can end the lockdown, which is causing havoc in so many people's lives. USA Today, which is on the left, our ruling, true. We rate the claim that hospitals get paid more if patients are listed as COVID-19 and on ventilators as true. Hospitals and doctors get paid more for Medicare patients diagnosed with COVID-19 or if it's considered presumed they have COVID-19 absent a laboratory-confirmed test and three times more if the patient is placed on a ventilator. Okay. So, we have very different incentives. FlattenTheFear.com is an important website mostly manned, if I may use the term, by doctors. Dr. Lee Gross is a family practice physician in Northport, Florida, president of the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, and he is with the FlattenTheFear.com people. Doctor, welcome to the Dennis Prager Show.
0: Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Where is your city? I know Florida really well, but I don't know. I don't know where your city is. Yeah, so we're in, in
0: Southwest Florida on the Gulf Coast in Southern Sarasota County. We're actually the population hub of Sarasota County right now, the third largest city in the state of Florida by land size.
1: Really? So really. if I go to Tampa and then I go west, I go to Sarasota or Southwest, and then where? Where? What is it? Northport? Yes, Northport's
0: about. 20 minutes south of,
1: of Sarasota. Okay, I love uh, that we, area. That's a great area. You're a lucky it man. It is
0: absolutely spectacularly beautiful. Come down and visit us
1: sometime. I, I go to that area a lot because I'm, I'm on in Tampa and Sarasota. Anyway, it's a, pl- it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, uh, I know this is, uh, puts you on the spot a bit. Are you getting a lot of visitors to flatten the fear? We are, but we
0: certainly could use more, so we appreciate the uh, we appreciate the attention. You know, and I appreciate your, your insight that you just gave, you know, regarding the hospitals and the financial incentives. Uh, you know, I just happen to serve on the board of a hospital here in this area, so uh, happy to sort of enlighten us. Yes, there. good,
1: good. That's perfect. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, we, we're
0: a for-profit hospital, uh, and I can tell you that the volume in the hospital is down about 30 to 40%. Uh, you know, so while our intensive care unit numbers look astronomical, the rest of the hospital is pretty empty. And so when you've canceled elective cases and we have patients that are fearful for stepping into the hospital, and, you know, instead of coming to the hospital, they're having heart attacks and strokes at home, and they're dying at home instead of coming into the hospital in the emergency rooms. You know, these things are all still happening in our community. They're still getting hip fractures. They're still having strokes. They're still having diabetic uh, diabetic surges, and yet they're afraid to come to the doctor. They're afraid to come to the hospital because we're inflating these 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 numbers to where everybody is in a total state of panic. Uh, and, and frankly, the hospital has spent the last five months planning for surge capacity. So while we were saying bend the fear, bend, or bend the curve, bend the curve, well, we bent the curve. And in that time we bent the curve, we we built in surge capacity. And so while you're seeing a hospital rate that's near 100%, I'll also tell you it's near 100% every year, um, because it's very expensive to keep an intensive care unit bed staffed and empty. Um, so those numbers are high, but we have huge surge capacity that's not built into these intensive care unit numbers that are largely being reported.
1: Wow! Look, uh, it must drive you, it drives me nuts. But I'm not a doctor. As a doctor, you must be driven nuts by the by the amount of fear that is propagated.
0: We we have
1: a a pandemic, a medical crisis of which this nation has not seen in
0: over 100 years. And our healthcare workers are being laid off.
1: Alright, hold it there. Forgive me. I, I wanna continue, but I don't want to interrupt you. The Dennis Prager Show. Okay, everybody, Dennis Prager here. If you want an antidote to fear and prefer truth, flattenthefear.com. Just visiting it is a is a vote for truth in this country. One of those affiliated with it is Dr. Lee Gross, a physician in Northport, Florida, twenty minutes south of Sarasota. President of Docs for Patient Care Foundation. That that, that's the number four. And is with again flattenthefear.com. So I, I was mentioning to you it was very important. I'm interrupting myself. I just want to note how important what you said was that the way, as I understood what you said, the way in which hospitals work is very similar to airlines. They schedule, prior to COVID, they scheduled flights based on basically having a full flight. Otherwise, they, they fly at a loss. You you have the number of ICU units based on essentially full capacity at any given time. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Right. So when the press reports full ICU, it's meaningless. Well, it's situation normal.
0: I mean, that is our status quo every year. That's our status quo during flu season. Um, you know, that is what we're used to. And we're knowing what was coming, or at least seeing the experience in Europe, we've prepared for the worst-case scenario, which is you know, hundreds of patients needing intensive care units, hundreds of patients needing ventilators. Now, while we're still certainly seeing patients in the hospital, um, the fact that we're near 100% reporting is nowhere near uh, a, a, a report of how many beds are available. So having said that, just because there's a bed available doesn't mean you want to be in it, and that doesn't mean disregard all all caution. Um, but, you know, I want to, you know, bring you know, you know you had mentioned about corruption of the science. Um, you know, this is something that that we're not used to in in healthcare. You know, we're not used to to politicizing the healthcare message to the point where we're actually manipulating scientific data. Uh, but what happened in, in the New England Journal? What happened with Lancet? You know, if you, if the studies weren't just wrong; they were fake. Um, that is not something you, the Lancet doesn't retract studies easily. And so, you know, those those incorrect studies, those fake studies completely changed guidance for hospitals all around the country as to how they were treating patients early uh, and essentially abandoning what may ultimately prove to save, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. So we do have to flatten the fear. Uh, we have to get out in front of this. Um, and, you know, what we're seeing in Florida, this is largely being driven by data in six counties. We have 67 counties in Florida. Almost all of these cases, the vast majority of the cases, are being Reported out of six counties, 61 counties are not having a crisis. In fact, in, in many counties, the only cases you have are in the prisons or in the nursing homes. Now, we certainly fear and, and, and are saddened by every single one of those cases, but that's not a reason to close schools. And why close the schools? Because the nursing home has an outbreak in it. That doesn't make sense. So what's, a, what's appropriate for Broward County in Fort Lauderdale may not be appropriate for Wachula, Florida, in the middle of the state.
1: That's been the case the whole time. I I I wrote about this months ago. Why are we closing down North Dakota if if, because New York is having a a crisis? Would Manhattan have shut down? That's was that's the sixty fourth. That's there's no question it wouldn't. They wouldn't even know it's happening.
0: Right. So we've had you know and and every death is a tragic death. We've had fourteen children die of COVID since February. That is a that is a tragedy in those children's lives, and those families will, will never be the same. Um, but we've also, in that same period of time, had 47 deaths in that same population from the flu and 72 from pneumonia. When have we shut down the schools for a flu outbreak? And we have a vaccine for the flu, and half the country doesn't take it. There is no guarantee, even though we just signed a contract with Pfizer for hundreds of millions of dollars in vaccine, there's no guarantee we're going to have a vaccine. We're not, as a nation, going to hide our way out of this problem. We're going to have to learn how to
1: interact with this. That's right. You're good. And move on. You're good. If I lived in Northport, you'd be my doctor. (laughs) (laughs) So I I was talking to you about the fear, and you were commenting. When you hear the news or read the news, I mean, do you want to scream? And What is your reaction as a physician?
0: Well, my reaction was I stopped listening to the news and started putting on my own shows so that we could actually put out some, some factual information, stripping away the politics, stripping away the fear, and actually getting to the heart of, of the data. Now, so one of the interesting and most prominent data points for me was that when this, first started, when this first started emerging in Florida, 30% of the new cases were admitted to the hospital. We're down to 3% now. We're down to 3% of cases, newly diagnosed cases in Florida being and, in the admitted to hospital. And why is that? Well, I think it's, it's largely a fact that we're getting better at treating it. We're recognizing who needs to be in the hospital, who has the risk factors. It's a fact that it's a much younger population that's getting this because the younger population generally doesn't have it. The early outbreaks were in nursing homes, which is still where you're seeing more than half of deaths in the state of Florida are in nursing facilities.
1: It's still, so it's,
0: that the, is still the case? That is still the case. So, so more than 50% of all the deaths in Florida are in 2% of Florida's population. So why are we quarantining the healthy, and why are we that, quarant- quarantining been, that, the well? That,
1: that's been true as from the beginning.
0: Quarantining the sick and the vulnerable.
1: Yeah, that's the question since the beginning. Yep. I mean, maybe they don't know people who have lost their life savings.
0: Right. You know, so the, the conversation is is that the virus is not the only thing causing morbidity and mortality.
1: The response to the virus
0: is causing immense morbidity and mortality. Child abuse cases are going up. That's right. Uh, children are hungry. The poverty, poverty kills more people in the world than COVID ever will.
1: That's right. You're good. I got to have you on again. Anytime. All right. My, my honor and pleasure. He is good. Dr. Lee Gross. That gives you an idea of the quality of the people at flattenthefear.com. It's important that you visit so that you get the truth about this and so that you support, not, not monetarily, just that you support these endeavors to bring truth about these, uh, these items to the American public. FlattenTheFear.com The Dennis Prager Show Hi everybody, I'm Dennis Prager. There are so many important calls. Let me quickly go. Don't, don't hang up, folks. Lauren in Boston, Massachusetts, hello.
2: Hi, how are you?
1: Um, I'm okay. The question is, how are you?
2: Oh, I'm struggling right now just with, you know, I think everybody's struggling. So, Um, law school, I just started law school, and it's been rather difficult just because my teachers are so liberal and all of our classes are affected by my... Extremely unfair policies. Um, I feel like conservative kids are picked on. We had the district attorney of Suffolk County come to class, and she happens to be a black woman, and she tried to make me apologize for my whiteness.
1: You <laughs> ser- Are you class. serious? Are you serious?
2: Yeah, she told me I, didn't, I needed to make atonement for my whiteness, and I told her, well, you know, I'm Jewish. My... Grandma survived the Holocaust and they emigrated here. So, what did she say? Know, to th-
1: what did she me. say to that?
2: Well, she said, "You know, well, your white skin gives you privilege." And I told her, "White privilege doesn't exist." You could watch PragerU. Uh, you know, um, one of my favorite Brandon Tatum is one of my favorite people to watch, and so I love his videos. And his breaking down of white privilege really makes me believe that. It just doesn't exist. So she told me to apologize for my white fragility, and then she ended class by telling us that she would never hire racists and that we needed to start building bridges.
1: That's <laughs> oh, the, why, 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 why would they, they build bridges now, to whites? Saying. Why, if whites are all racist, why do you build a bridge to them? I
2: well, <laughs> I don't, I don't know because. Two of my professors are black, and one of my professors is white. I only have three professors, and the only professor I just like happens to be the white professor. But, I mean, I just feel like there's so many privileged black people in Boston. I just don't see how my whiteness has right. affected anything. The
1: Japanese were interned in internment camps, and they do better than whites in America. They earn more than whites, Japanese-Americans. Yeah, well... Listen, you're terrific. You're terrific. Send me an email. I want to know who you are. I want to give you encouragement. Boy, there's, there's a call here, too. Oh, yes, David in Studio City, California. My wife went to urgent care. They put on her release info COVID. She didn't have COVID for the gentleman who asked about the incentives. And about the people who didn't get hydroxychloroquine. We have the male female hour coming up. Oh, Doctor Simone Gold is on. I didn't even see her. She's she's the best. Alright, we have a third hour or we'll we'll take it.